I also want to share our scripture reading for today. Uh, comes from Colossians 3, the first 11 verses. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is in your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all of such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. It's the word of the Lord for us. Well, good morning, MCA. So good to see each and every one of you today. You know, there's an old candid camera episode where they have an actor, of course, and he's on a busy sidewalk, and he just sort of begins looking down at the ground. You know, he walks around a little bit and continues to look down. Now, people are going by him, and a few of them give a few odd glances at him, but they continue on. But after a few minutes, he actually gets down on his hands and knees. He's searching and feeling around with his hands, and then more and more people begin to slow down, taking notice of what he's doing. And then they begin to also look at the ground, and then finally, one person joins in the search. And eventually, within a few minutes, the camera shows about a dozen people who are all congregated in that area, searching, some of them on their hands and knees. And no one notices then when the actor who instigated all of this very quietly gets up and walks away. (laughs) They, They didn't even notice that he's gone. And they're so intent in their search that they never even bothered to ask what it is that they're looking for. It's a silly scene. And yet, I think in some ways it's a picture of people today. That they're searching for something, but maybe they don't know what it is. That there's got to be more to life. But maybe they'll never find it because they don't know where to look. And so, this morning, we are going to be in the book of Colossians, chapter 3. We're going to do a study together in verses 1 through 11. And we're going to see that it's so important where we're looking then the Paul is going to teach us that instead of looking down, we should be looking up, looking out, and looking around. And so that's what we're going to be discussing together this morning as we consider how do we break free from our past and step into all that God has for us. You see, because God has a plan for each and every one of us to make us new. We don't always have to be the way we've always been. We can break free from the past. If only we will look to the right place. So let me introduce myself. My name is John Reisner. I serve as lead pastor here at MCA. I'm thrilled that you have tuned in. And I'm praying that through our time together, your heart and home grow stronger in the Lord. If you have any prayer requests today, please leave a comment. We would be honored to lift you up in prayer. 
So let's begin with, uh, in, we're starting in Colossians chapter 3, and we'll be in verse 1, but we're going to see this first uh, instruction from the Apostle Paul to look up. Like, instead of gazing at the ground, as those people were in the silly video from the candid camera uh, scene, we've got to look up. We've got to lift our eyes. And so we see this teaching starting in verse 1 of Colossians 3. He says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So we have died with Christ. This is a spiritual reality that we crucify itself. Now we have a new status. We have a new way of life. We have a new power source in the Holy Spirit for living. So we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have died with him. We've been buried with him. We've been raised to life with him. And as Ephesians 2, 6 states, we've been seated with him in the heavenly places. And so that's why Paul says, set your hearts on things above. Now, you've probably heard the phrase, oh, he's so heavenly minded that he's no earthly good. Oh, I suppose maybe that's possible, but it seems far more likely that today people would be so worldly-minded that they wouldn't be any heavenly good or even earthly good for that matter. You see, if we truly set our hearts on things above, then we're going to experience power and freedom here on earth. In fact, our Lord Jesus put it this way in Matthew six twenty-one. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if we focus on things that will ultimately rust or tarnish or break or burn up, our energy and our emotions will be misplaced. But if we seek out Christ, if we allow him to become our ultimate treasure, then our hearts will follow. And, and Paul teaches there that Christ is seated at the right hand of God because he's in control. And really this phrase echoes Psalm 110 and verse 1. In fact, it is the most quoted Old Testament passage in the New Testament. And here's what it says. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Jesus is exalted. He sits at the right hand of the Father, which shows that his redemptive work is now complete. And so we fix our eyes on him. I was recently in Iowa for a conference and had the great and uh, daunting task of driving home through uh, blizzard-like whiteout conditions. This was a 10-plus hour drive. I was driving east, uh, making my way across the Midwest on I-74, and uh, the traffic conditions were horrible. There were cars in the ditch left and right. There were, the roadway was icy. The worst part of it, was the whiteout conditions. In other words, you couldn't see. It, it was impossible to see where it was that you were going. It was also easy, I found, as I was driving. And boy, I had a firm grip on the steering wheel. It was easy to get focused right immediately in front of me to see the roadway, the ice, the snow. And yet, I had to keep my eyes up for a, a faint glimmer of hazard lights that might be in front of me, or a wrecked car, or slow-moving traffic so that I needed to slow down or swerve to avoid it. 
it was probably the most difficult driving I've ever done, the most stressful and challenging driving I've ever done. In fact, there, uh, behind us then, there was a massive 100-car pileup, and the roadway was closed for 12 hours. So we're thankful that we made it through. But it was this vivid experience of not being able to see where I needed to go, and yet trusting that God was with us and leading us and moving forward and keeping my eyes right where they needed to be to maximize safety. So it is with us that that our feet have got to be on earth, but man, our minds have got to be in heaven. You know, thoughts can influence actions. And so really, if we place our thoughts above and not on earth, our behaviors then will reflect those things that matter to God. And yes, this requires tenacious effort on our part, you know, because we tend to look down. That's our nature, looking down instead of looking up. But if we fix our gaze on things above, God will change our desires. If we change our mind, then God will change our heart. So we look up. Paul also says that we are to look out. Now, this is a warning. This is a watch out, beware, look out, he says. So we see this. We're continuing on in Colossians chapter 3, picking up at verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. I really actually like how verse 5 is worded in the New Living Translation. It reads like this. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. We must die. We must put to death the things that do not honor God in our lives. It's like the man who noticed that his neighbor boy was filling in a hole in the backyard. He's kind of curious about what the youngster is up to. And so he saunters over and says, what you doing? Well, he notices that the little boy has tears in his eyes and kind of a lump in his throat. And the little boy manages to choke out, my pet goldfish died and I've just buried him. But the man can't help but notice and make an observation. It's that's an awfully large hole for a goldfish now, isn't it? And as the boy pats down that final bit of earth, he says, well, that's because he's in your cat. <laughs> so in verses eight and nine, we're told to rid ourselves of really this whole list of sins. And by the way, I think we often dismiss these as, oh, those are just little sins. Those are things we're pretty comfortable with, even in the life of the church. We can overlook those. But the Bible doesn't. It mentions anger, you know, that attitude of hatred that just for so many remains bottled up within. And then rage really is what comes bursting forth when our anger gets the best of us. Or malice. This is an attitude of ill will. This is this is when you're just hoping for someone else to fail. You're hoping that they get embarrassed. You're hoping that they experience pain. He also talks about slander and filthy language and lying. You see, these behaviors have no place in our lives or in the church. And so we've got to look out. We've got to beware the temptations around us to fall prey to these things. In fact, the imagery that's used in Colossians 3 is that of taking off old smelly clothes. Yeah, there was one dad who prided himself on never having changed 
a dirty diaper. <laughs> when he was asked, how did he manage to accomplish this feat? He grinned and said, oh, that's pretty easy, actually. I just put a clean one on over top of the dirty one. <laughs> and so we look up, keeping our eyes on the Lord. We look out, be, beware of those sins that so easily entangle us. And this leads to our third aspect of breaking free from the past, which is to look around. We need to look around and, and see others as Christ does. And so we'll notice in verse 11, here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. It's in Christ that there are no barriers of nationality or ethnicity or education or social standing or wealth or power or gender. That the gospel breaks down those walls. And so we no longer regard anyone from a worldly point of view. No, but from a kingdom perspective. And so we've got to stop looking at people as the world does. Like the world talks about what a successful person is. Someone who's wealthy. Someone who's educated and respectable and has a good position. In fact, I attended a seminar once on how to be successful. They shared very two simple rules for success. And the first is, never tell them everything you know. But you see, Jesus says that the poor and the downtrodden are blessed. That, that's his kingdom. That, that it's the least who are the most valuable. That he lifts up the humble. That he gives strength to the weak. And so if we are indeed serious about breaking free from the past, we've got to look to what God has done in our own lives. Just like how this month here uh, for our seminar for growth, what we're doing is we're highlighting stories of God's faithfulness, stories of the way God has been at work. So let me ask you again, what's your story? How has God moved in your own life and your own heart? How has he shown up in ways that have blessed you and helped you and changed you? Is the Lord making you new? Let's look at then the last part of verse 9 and verse 10. We're in Colossians chapter 3. Paul says, Since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. And really, God's in the business of renewal. We are created in the image of God. And yet, because of our sin, that image has been marred. But God's purpose is to restore his image in us. So let me encourage us this morning to stop looking down. Stop searching for something that's never going to satisfy. Instead, seek Christ by looking up. And then live for Christ by looking out and looking around. See, it's all about him. Without Christ, we'd be dead in our sins. But praise God that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He says that in John 14, 6. So friends, break free from the past and walk by faith. The Lord has such good things in store for each and every one of us. Fix your eyes on him. Walk by faith and not by sight and see what God does. Let's pray together. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your work. Thank you for redemption through the shed blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that it doesn't depend on us and our own efforts and our own deeds. 
but that you have seen fit to bestow mercy upon those who are undeserving. And so, Lord, would you help us today to fix our eyes on you? Would you help us to to guard against those sins that so easily entangle us? And would you help us to embrace and love and support one another as we're on this journey of life together? Lord, accomplish these things for your glory and by your spirit. We thank you for it. We bless you. We pray it all in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. What a pleasure it has been to be together, getting into the Word of God. Um, Thank you for your time. Thank you for joining with us. God bless you, and go in peace.